you are listening to The Creator's Conflict, where we will be interviewing creative people about the struggles they face as creators, how they overcome their setbacks, and what they've learned so far along the way. I think so. I'm amazing. I mean, this is amazing. I'm not amazing. <laughs> I, I was like, man, I appreciate your confidence. You're amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. We're back. I'm still in New York. I'm in Emily Teague's apartment. Whoa. Oh, my God. And I have Emily Teague. <laughs> You're about to be um, on my wall, this Polaroid wall behind you. Oh, your face snap. is about to be on that. I'm so excited. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Emily, let's do this. Okay, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Yeah. All right. For those that have no idea who you are, what do you do? I'm a portrait and fashion photographer based here in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I also dabble in photojournalism for nonprofits and really love that as well. So got a good balance there. Yeah. Uh, How did you get into photography? So when I was 16 years old, my uncle had given me um, this wonderful present of a three-day workshop at the Fashion Institute of Technology here in New York. And it was kind of like you could, it was a summer program for teenagers where you could choose whichever program you wanted. So Mm. there was like beadwork, um, there was painting, there was design, there was all these different things. And I really am not talented with a lot of things. (laughs) Um, I call myself a very destructive person just because what I'm actually, (laughs) I'm very clumsy um, and my hands don't work the way I want them to work. So when I try to make something that's in my head, it just doesn't turn out that way. So like I'll have this fantastic drawing in my head and it turns out to be like little stick figure doodles, but not even the nice kind of stick figures. <laughs> so I was looking at all these different courses and I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Um, and I had been doing some, some local modeling for a friend, um, for a couple of friends in Chico, California, where I'm originally from. And at the time I was like, great. I bet if, I took a photography workshop that would make me a better model. Like Mm -hmm. I would understand what the other side of the lens is like. And so I would know how to pose better and all of that. So I ended up going with photography and was wildly intimidated by it. Like, (laughs) you know, just manual settings for a 16 year old, um, who is terrible at math, um, was really scary at the time. So yeah, I, I took that and, it turned out it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. Um, and our instructor was really great. He really, he went over what all the settings were in, in a way that made sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. cause I'm a very visual learner and he found ways to, to show them visually. And that was really helpful. And so I just fell in love with photography immediately. Like yeah. by, by the end of the first or second day, I had declared myself a photographer yeah. and I was like, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. Did you pretty much stop modeling after that then? I did completely. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't need this anymore. No, um, like, I'm over it. Yeah. It was one of those things where I just like dove into photography um, mm-hmm. as fast as I could and was like, this is everything now. Mm-hmm. So you were still in high school though when you did that. I was. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. it was a lot of asking my high school friends to model for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd find like a beautiful girl in, in my grade or another grade and be like, you model for me and always felt like a creeper doing it which looking back I'm like man you're a 16 year old why would you feel like a creep but you know at the time no yeah yeah Yeah. um and then so you kind of just like launched yourself right into this and kind of started your photography um company where you're doing like portraits and stuff I was and one of the nice things about starting as a teenager is it allows you a lot of room to mess up and, and to make mistakes um so when I first started I guess when I 
when I really started like trying to make this a career, Mm -hmm. um, I was 17 and had no idea about anything. And I had some photography friends, but in Chico, my hometown, at least the way that I felt it was, is that it was very secretive. Like you don't share your prices, Mm. you know, because it's a really small market, it's competitive. Um, and, and I did have friends who were really helpful, but I couldn't go to a lot of people and be like, oh yeah, what do you charge for portraits? Or like, what do you, what do we do for this? Um, especially as someone starting out, like I couldn't compare my rates with them anyways. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what sounds like a fair price that people would be willing to pay? Like, what is my work worth to someone? And I decided, I think $25 was what I started <laughs> with. I think that's I where like, everyone starts. That sounds fair. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, man, $25, that is so cheap. I am charging $30. Yeah. <laughs> and then 35 Um, I think by my senior year in photography, I, I actually, I think by the end of my junior year in photography, I got from like 25 to 50 to 75 oh, Um yeah. And maybe by my senior year, it was like $100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, which, made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it felt amazing. Like, I think the first time someone paid me $75, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I am a professional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So then what was it about the fashion uh, side of photography and the portraits that really drew you in? Was it because you were a model and you just really liked working with people? Yeah, or? that's actually, that, that's an interesting question. So I started with portraiture just because, you know, I think that's where a lot of people start something pretty simple. Yeah. It's just like, I love faces and I love capturing them. <laughs> so portraiture was the start, but then I think I also had a very creative side as well, despite not knowing how to use my hands. Yeah. Um, and I do think modeling had actually helped a ton because um, the photographer I'd worked with, um, one of my best friends, Christina, was really um, adventurous with her photography. So she was doing a lot of fashion stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot more on like the conceptual fashion side. So right. that was a huge inspiration to me um, and really helpful to look at she w- what she was doing and being like, wow, cool. So this is the direction to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just kept getting wilder and wilder. So I would start out with, man, I remember my first fashion shoot when I was like 17 years old, I just got like a ribbon Mm -hmm. and I got like an earring and put it on the ribbon. And I was like, this is now a headdress. (laughs) Um, and then I, I think I got like a bunch of like sparkly gold makeup and put that like on her cheekbones. Um, and and maybe like a black tank top. So it was very simple at first, but then like as I learned more and more, I got a little bit more elaborate. Um, by the by, my senior year, I think I was 17, 18 years old, um, I started using the site Model Mayhem. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I know that a lot of photographers kind of look at it now as like it's it's outdated. It's, you know, kind of a joke. But at the time... Well, it was like pretty much like it was really useful pre-Instagram, pre yes. like really Facebook. Totally. Um, that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. I mean, to find people, it was just like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have access to all these, uh, what I thought were professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and so I would start reaching out to designers. Um, and I didn't understand the difference between a de- designer and a stylist. Right. I was like, yeah. I think they all have to do with clothes, you know, great. You're like, bring me some. <laughs> yeah. So in my head, I was like, I need a designer for this shoot, which... I think maybe what I actually needed was a stylist, but I was like, great, we have to find all the designers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, I started working with like kind of crazier stuff um, and then found a headdress designer, Miss G Designs, Mm -hmm. who I really admired and had admired since I was like 15, 16 years old. And had I think I messaged her like three times before we actually worked together and she agreed to work with me. But once I started working with her headdresses, I was like, this is crazy and elaborate and this is the direction I want to go in. Totally. 
That's really cool. So then you also do a lot of um, kind of like travel documentary kind of yeah. stuff. How did you get into that? Because it's like a whole different world. Totally. So I would say throughout the course of my my photography history, it was like starting with portraiture, going into crazy elaborate fashion stuff, yeah. going into photojournalism and ending up where I am now of like pretty clean style fashion mm-hmm. and photojournalism. Yeah. Um, with photojournalism, so when I was in my junior and senior year of high school, there was a program called High School Scholars. And the way it worked is you, if you had a certain GPA, you could pay like $35 and take two college classes, mm-hmm. which like is insane for yeah. the price. Yeah, obviously you're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, and it was at um, my university, Chico State University. And so um, the cl- one of the classes I was really interested in was the, the college newspaper mm-hmm. um, called The Orion. And so I took that and I took photography within it. And I was one of their photographers, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And we got assignments to, you know, go out and document events or, or people, um, you know, features, anything like that. And as I continued with that, we got a few um, assignments that were like, we kind of got to choose what we were going to document. Right. Um, and one of them, I think I was actually assigned this one, was to do a feature on homelessness. Mm. Um, and so it was my first time going out and, and talking with homeless folks, you know, and I think there's so much stigma against them. Um, and it was really good for me to be like, oh, these are people just like me who yeah. have histories, who have lives, who are struggling, um, you know, and just to really to understand that we're all humans and all equal. Um, and to, to kind of get out of my comfort zone too. Totally. You know, one, talking to anyone at the time for me was horrifying, but yeah. also, you know, talking to someone who previously had been like, man, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to talk to this person um, was really good for me. So I did an entire series just interviewing different people um, and, and taking these beautiful portraits that really made them look great, um, which I think was a different approach of like, there's a lot of people doing photojournalism who are like, taking a photo of a guy laying on the street and it's just like kind of degrading. And I really Mm -hmm. didn't want my work to be like that. You know, I think I wanted to make people look like humans and to make them look beautiful, which is always what I want to do with my photography. So that kind of pushed me into the photojournalism realm a little bit. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, um, I can't believe that opportunity that they gave you guys to take those classes. That's really amazing. Yeah, no, it was incredible. And it was really cool. Like you got to take two classes per semester. So I think throughout my high school experience of being a junior and senior, you know, I got, what eight classes yeah so that's amazing yeah um so when you were in high school you like launched this career of yours so you never actually did end up going to the college to do like a full degree you just took those random classes right right? so Mm -hmm. my senior year of high school I was like man what on earth am I gonna do um you know because there was a lot of pressure at least from kind of my stepdad side of the family of like you you go to college I guess from, from most of my family is like you go to college you get a degree, yeah. um, and then you can do what you want. But, like, that is necessary. Yeah, I had that kind of same pressure as well. Yeah, and, and even, like, in my hometown, you know, it, it just seemed like that's what everyone did um, if you wanted to not be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was also really horrible at math, and I think in my head I was a lot more horrible than I was. I think yeah. that maybe I didn't try very hard. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't like this. But I just really did not like it. I think once I've decided I don't like something, I don't want to do it. It's like, yeah. I'm really good at not doing it. Yeah, so, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, okay, I don't want to go to college because I would have to do math. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think my uncle, who's he's actually the one who offered me the workshop. He's someone mm-hmm. I respect wildly. Um, 
and also just like a really successful professional man was like, okay, I'm going to step in here and like give some direction. And he's like, okay, Emily, what if you did this program working for a nonprofit full time in Ecuador? Oh, and I was like, wow, that would be incredible. Like I would get to travel. I, you know, I would get to work for a nonprofit, which I really want to do. And so I started looking more into the program and I think it was something like anywhere from 20,000 to 30,000 to do this program. Right. Oh yeah. Which is like the cost of college too. And that was another thing with college is like, I just didn't have any money. Um, and I was like, okay. Student loans are ridiculous in the States. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just didn't want to do that. And I was like, Hmm, I can't do that, but I do want to travel. Yeah. Um, and I was like, if I did travel, like what would I want to do while I'm traveling? Like maybe I would travel somewhere else and work for a nonprofit. I was like, I think all I want to do is photography. And so I, I was just like, you know what? No Ecuador, but I am going to travel and do photography. Yeah. And I think, you know, my uncle must have been like, just sighed and be like, that's <laughs> not what I was trying to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so by, by the time I, I guess right after high school, um, I had created this elaborate plan of like going to Europe and just traveling all around. I think the original plan was to travel to like God, I think it was like 15 countries or Whoa, something. You know, ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and fortunately, I I slowed my roll, and I think I only made it to like six okay. that first trip. But yeah. it was it was great to um, to travel and get independence. Mm, and definitely. Yeah. So the first country I went to was Spain. Um, I went to Barcelona and stayed there for like a month and a half, and then I went to Rome and Italy, and then Budapest and Hungary, Paris, France. London and England. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was amazing. Like being alone for that long was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was, it was lonely for sure, but it was really good to, to kind of feel that independence and be self-sufficient too. Yeah. The nice thing about traveling by yourself is you don't have to like wait for people. You get up when you want to get up, you, you want to eat, you, you know, catch a train if you want to go somewhere. You just, yeah, you have total freedom, Yeah, which is kind of like overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was intense, especially, you know, as a a teenager. Um, but it was also really cool because I was setting up photo shoots in Europe. So Mm. it was like, I was doing photo shoots in Spain where like the whole team spoke Spanish and yeah. I like with my broken Spanish was trying to give directions and yeah. like constantly looking at Google Translate so it was cool to build my portfolio over there too yeah and what kind of shoots were you doing over there was it more of the fashion fashion yeah, yeah definitely well so I guess mostly fashion like I was finding um stylists on model mayhem Perfect. or designers because at the time I was like I need the designers yeah yeah <laughs> um and I was setting up shoots all in every city that I went to but I was also doing a lot of street photography, which was really fantastic for my photojournalism portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I did street photography every single day. And it was kind of one of those things of like, I think it would have been a lot harder to travel on my own for that long if I wasn't a photographer. Totally. Um, just because that kind of was my purpose. So I would go out each day and be like, great, I have a purpose. I have this camera. You know, it just, it was a lot easier than just wandering aimlessly. Yeah. And were you like 18 when you did that? I was 19, 19 at that time. Okay. And so I'd, I'd built like a pretty solid street photography portfolio that, you know, you could say was photojournalism, mm-hmm. um, which was really helpful in the future applying for like scholarships or anything like that. Um, I applied for one that sent me off to Israel and mm-hmm. Palestine to like document the Palestinian-Israeli conflict and without having that past photojournalism experience. Like, there's no way I could have done that. No, definitely. Um, and how long were you gone on that trip? For the the first Europe trip or the Israel trip? The Europe trip. Uh, three months. Three months. Yeah. And then, yeah, how long were you actually in Israel for? Uh, a month and a half. How was that experience? Oh, man. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're was... not just there for a weekend. You're there for, like, yeah. a long time. 
It's not necessarily the easiest place. We were in Jerusalem too, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, a city um, packed with so much conflict and yeah. tension. Yeah. So it was definitely hard, yeah. but really um, educational. You know, I, I learned so much. And it was really interesting talking to people and yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Definitely a little hard as a woman though. Yeah, totally. So now you're kind of like stri- strictly focusing on fashion. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of your photojournalist stuff lately, but yeah. I know it's because you moved to New York and you have this amazing studio apartment. Yeah. So there so. is actually a project coming up. So my photojournalism projects, because I'm working with nonprofits and there, there's so much planning that goes into it, mm-hmm. um, they're kind of far and few between. So mostly I've been doing like one major project per year. Mm -hmm. Um, So at first it was like a a trip to Ghana, working with Free the Slaves to document child slavery in fishing villages. The next trip was working with different nonprofits throughout India to document document sex trafficking. Um, The third project coming up is originally was supposed to be in December um, in Haiti in the Dominican Republic, but Mm -hmm. we just, um, I just got the news from Free the Slaves, unfortunately, that it's not safe to go right now. So we're actually having to delay the trip. So That's going to happen early spring, okay. but at least it's still happening. Yeah, so yeah, it's that'll be uh, trafficking again, but more on the, the labor side of trafficking. Yeah. So children that are being sold as, as maids and, mm-hmm. and workers. Um, so yeah, it's stuff that is, I think is really important to, to talk about. Definitely. Yeah. Um, let's get a little bit into what you're doing kind of like right now. So you're from Chico, California. I am. You moved to LA a couple years ago. Yeah. And then you moved to St. Louis. Oh, it actually goes back even further than that. I've, I've hopped around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, then, uh, uh, so I guess the timeline of my hopping, yeah. um, so I hopped to Europe for three months, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's been a, like travel throughout all of this. I mean, my, my plan originally was just like, great, I'm going to work in Chico, save up as much money as I can and then spend all of it while I traveled. And I yeah. did that for years, um, which was not great for saving money, but was great for traveling. So like it's totally. been 25 countries I've been to now. That's amazing. It's been really cool. It's like something yeah. that I really cherish. Um, so I think the first big move was to New York when I was 19. Yeah. And it did not work out. <laughs> you know, it's just like all the wrong decisions. Like I, I moved to some place that was way too expensive for me. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I was paying $1,200 in rent. And by the time I had moved here, I had saved up a lot of money because I'd, I'd been working like 55 hour weeks as a, a retoucher in house. Mm-hmm. Um, and also working for three different publications and also working at a natural foods co-op. So it was just like, that schedule was That's insane. A lot. Looking back, I'm like, when did I sleep? Yeah, no, when did you sleep? <laughs> yeah, um, it was definitely the most intense um, I've ever worked, but but it was really great for saving money. Mm-hmm. And so I moved to New York with, oh God, I think it was like $5,500, which in my head, I was like, I am rich, yeah, you know, yeah. which um, when your rent is $1,200 a month, you're not that rich. five months of rent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even less because, you know, there's also yeah. the moving expenses. Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah food, bills, everything that goes into that. Like New York is not a cheap place to live. Um, And so that money went really, really quickly. And I I decided I was going to come here. I'll get a job. You know, I just didn't have a lot of direction. All I knew is I wanted to be involved in photography. Mm -hmm. So I just started to apply in jobs like crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I would apply to like 20 jobs a day off like LinkedIn, Glassdoor. And after like two weeks, no one was biting, right? Mm Because I was a 19 year old without a degree, without a solid portfolio, without connections. Um, you know, looking back, I'm like, maybe I didn't plan that out well enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think at the time I was just so ambitious that I'm like, I'm going to make this work. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, um, the first offer I got was for an internship and it paid $9 an hour. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, Oh my God, $9 an hour. That's, that's like way less than I was making as a retoucher in Chico, totally. you know? 
And so I was like, I don't know if I should do it, but it, it was for a publication that, you know, had a pretty big name that I respected. And I was like, at least it's some money. I'll just live really frugally. Right. Yeah. I don't think I did the math very well. Again, not, not good no, at math. <laughs> I did that when I moved to Vancouver too. I had like a certain amount of money and then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, it's gone. Well, yeah. guess I'm using my credit card for everything. <laughs> yeah. I, man. Yeah. And I think I'd already maxed out my credit card on travels. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little rough. Um, but I took the internship being like, at least this is some money totally. and started working full time and hated it like so much. You know, I just, I hated going to work for this company. And it, mm-hmm. it was, there was just a lot of rough things about it. Um, along with making $9 an hour in New York. Yeah. You're like, it's not worth it. Yeah. And then, you know, just didn't have any friends here. I didn't have a photography community. And I think that was something I had really craved is just like having like-minded friends. Um, and so after six months I was just kind of miserable and I was like, okay, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when, um, I set back off traveling and did this project in Ghana. So, so New York first and then traveled around for a while more, um, moved to LA mm-hmm. and then traveled a little bit in between that and then moved to St. Louis, Missouri mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Yep. Um, left there, went back to Chico. There was a lot of Chico in between yes, all these yeah. stints. Um, and then after I'd left St. Louis, the plan was, okay, I'm going to go back to LA. Like that's where I need to be. Um, you know, as far as photography goes, it's either LA or New York and LA feels, you know, it's an eight hour drive from my home, which in my head is like, Oh yeah, that's easy. You know, cause I've been doing that drive for so long. Um, and I, I wanted to be close to my mom if she needed me, you know, she's, we're really good friends. So it'd be like, great. You know, I can see my mom, uh, my brother's in LA. It just, it made sense for me. Um, and I have friends there too. So Mm -hmm. that was the plan. And then kind of last minute um that plan changed yeah <laughs> so, yeah because I remember you posting <laughs> about it being like uh guys I have an announcement <laughs> yeah yeah I just got back from doing the sex trafficking project in India and was like kind of saving money taking on as many jobs as I can working for those publications that I worked for in Chico mm-hmm. and just taking on a bunch of freelance photography work um and then Felix Coons um who's a, a photographer I really respect had posted that he was subleasing his room and I was like Oh man. And I, <laughs> I looked at the photos of his apartment and I would just swooned. And the, the coolest thing about it is he had a studio space that he was offering, you know, whoever was living there could use his space. Yeah. And he had like all these oliphant backdrops and, you know, all this entire set of Ellen Chrome lights. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that would be incredible. Totally. You know, cause I think something I really wanted was a studio space and I, I never had that really, you know? And so I was like, that sounds kind of like a good idea. Definitely. Well, I mean, if it's a sublease, if it doesn't work out, you just leave when it's done. Like, yeah. 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 And so, and it was only going to be a two month sublease. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds great. So here's the new plan. I'm going to go to New York for two months, shoot as many uh, models as I can there, work with the agencies there, build my portfolio more. And then I'll go to LA now that I have like, now that I'm feeling ready. Yeah, um, totally. And so I, I went to New York and I just like madly fell in love. <laughs> you know, it's so different from that first time when I was 19 living here. Yeah. And at this point I did have friends like, you know, my photography community has, has been building throughout the years and I, I have a really solid group of friends now, which I'm grateful for. And so there was, there was good friends in New York and I loved where I was living. Um, my first roommate, um, Alice Prinat is an amazing uh, Parisian photographer who's now living, uh, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And then she also subleased out her room. So Brandy Nicole moved in and, I absolutely fell in love with her and yeah. she's actually now my roommate here. So we now live right down the hall from where Felix lives yeah. um, and go over to each other's apartment for milk and sugar. And you yeah. know, it's, it's very cute. 
this is obviously like the place you're supposed to be because otherwise all those things wouldn't have happened which yeah. is really amazing yeah it's definitely so I mean god for for the past what six years something like that mm-hmm. you know I've just been running around non-stop um and every like six months is is kind of my deadline you yeah. know I haven't stayed anywhere longer than six months and I'm like yeah. time to go <laughs> so <laughs> I'm at four months right now and I'm really excited to celebrate my six month mark and be like, great, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's truly just like the happiest I've ever been. Oh, that's so amazing. So when you're shooting here in New York, you're focusing on your fashion stuff. What are you kind of, um, booking clients for? Is it fashion test shoots? I'm like still for brands. Yeah. Or? I'm still doing a lot of like headshot work, portrait work. Um, I'm very much in building up what I want to do here, totally. you know, finding new clients has been hard just because like in places like Chico, I have such an, a network and it's, it's very easy for clients just to come to me. Totally. I haven't had to market myself very much here, yeah. uh, there. And so with New York, it's a very different situation. So, mm-hmm. um, finding clients is, is a challenge and it's a, it's a fun challenge. That's how I've been trying to look at it. It's like, yeah. how do I market myself? Um, and it, it's nice to, to have other means like the portraits, the headshots, totally. you know, um, yeah. working, I'm doing work with Ellen Chrome, which is really nice. So yeah. Yeah, you've been doing a couple of like brand ambassador things lately, which is also really exciting. Yeah, I'm yeah. stoked about that. So how does, um, because I'm curious yeah, as a yeah. person, how did you get into working with the brands? Yeah, I I mean, everything I think comes down to relationships, right? You yeah. Know, I, I think it's a rare situation for a brand to find a random photographer that they don't know and be right. like, we want you to do this, you yeah. know? Um, and now that I'm doing work for, for Ellen Chrome, I've done work for a lot of other brands, just handling like community management for them, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the inboxes, emails are just full of people every day being like, here's my work. I'm a great photography photographer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to work with you. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I ignore all of them. And I think most community managers do because yeah. that's just not how you go about it. Right. Um, every photographer most, not every photographer, a lot of photographers want to work with brands. And I think unless you have a personal relationship, that's very hard to do. So I think for myself, um, you know, going to trade shows, going to PPE, going to WPPI, going to photo, um, (laughs) going to the photography show in England. Um, that's been a really great, great way to network and Mm -hmm. to meet people who I wouldn't normally have access to meet. Totally. So I think one, you know, as your circle of friends builds and they introduce you to people, that's really helpful. Um, you do have access to all of those guys at trade shows. So Mm -hmm. if you want to talk to guys from Ellen Chrome, you can talk to them there. If you guys want to talk to people from pro photo, brown color, you know, any of those lighting companies, they're all right there for the most part. Even if they don't have booths, they're, they're wandering around. You just have to find them. Yeah. You know, um, smug mug is there. Wacom is there. Canon's there. Nikon's there. Like anyone you want to talk to, you have access to. So I think there's a lot of, opportunities there that you can take advantage of mm-hmm. um also social media is so helpful for connecting with people as totally, far as yeah. trying to build relationships on instagram and facebook um you know it sounds funny but i can't tell you how many opportunities have come from relationships on facebook mm-hmm. so you know in the photography community it's kind of funny because if we have a hundred mutual friends i'm just like great you're probably my friend I you do know the same thing now too <laughs> yeah and so your network builds really quickly which is great yeah. um And through that, you get access to people you wouldn't normally have access to. And Facebook is is so much more, uh, to me, it's so much more personal than Instagram because you can follow, what, a thousand, five thousand people on Instagram. It's not like you're constantly checking in with them. No, totally. Um, But on Facebook, generally, it's a smaller circle that you have. Yeah. Well, there's also a friend limit too, which I guess helps. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So it does feel a lot more personal and that's really great for kind of building those relationships. Yeah. Awesome. 
That's really cool. Um, did you start coming to the trade shows specifically to meet people or did you just come just to check it out or so my first one I was traveling Europe at the time a different trip from the original one but yeah. I, was, I was going <laughs> hopping around um and and I friend I had friends um Bella and Pratik um who were at the photography show and they had messaged about it they're like come join us here and I'm yeah. like okay like, <laughs> you know okay, and I'd love to. <laughs> I was really nervous about it I was like man what am I gonna do there like I don't know anything about this. And yeah. so I went and slowly started meeting more friends. Um, and, you know, Bella and Pratik were really generous to like kind of invite me in their circles and introduce me to their friends. And slowly I started building a community with that. Yeah. And I was like, great. Now I know like these five people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think the next show I went to was photo plus mm-hmm. after that. And then it was like, okay, now I know these hundred people, you know, it's, it, it really snowballs. builds. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's where I met you for the first time in person was at the photo show in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, man. Two years ago now, I guess. And that makes my heart happy. I know. <laughs> but that's the same. I had like literally the same experience. Like I just went just because I was going to be in England anyways. And I think I had posted in a group somewhere and you and Tina and a few other people were like, oh, like, come to the show if you're going to be there anyways. So I kind of like hadn't made any set plans. So it worked out. Yeah. And now it's just like. Yeah, you just kind of like collect people every time you go to a new show and then... And something really special about our community, at least, which is growing constantly, um, is I feel like there's something very like-minded about all of us. Mm -hmm. We're like, I think we're a really inclusive bunch. And if if there's someone there who seems like maybe they want to be a part of our circle, but they're kind of standing on the outside, I think we do a really good job at like embracing them and trying to bring them in you yeah. know and I, I really appreciate that and I appreciated the people who did it to me and now I, I try to do that to others as much as I can too yeah definitely that's really good to hear and I appreciate it because you did it to me a little bit oh that makes me happy because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of an awkward duck and you guys were just like yeah no come oh that's with the us. cool, cool. thing is I feel like we're, we're all kind of awkward ducks just yeah. like wobbling around together yeah I know I love it it like makes my heart so happy to come to these things and see you guys in person for like you know the one or two times a year that it happens yeah I mean for me it's honestly like my favorite times of the year like yeah. we have something so incredibly special with our group of friends and yeah I love that but yeah. it is funny that like I would say every one of our friends is like we're coming for our community not actually to go to the expo so no, that's kind of interesting yeah that's definitely um that's definitely the case and I've said this a few times this weekend already and I think I've said it a few times in some other podcasts but if the P- photo plus expo was to just end hmm. if people were still just like oh New York in October I'd be like there done let's yeah go. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be really interesting um looking at that change I mean this is the first year that Sony has pulled out of photo plus yeah you know, I, w- I would imagine Canon might pull out next year yeah um it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes yeah so you actually did a talk this year at the photo plus how did it go um man it actually went really well um you know I I do want to get more into public speaking but it also terrifies me Mm -hmm. um and so my first talk was a couple years ago and it just didn't go great you know there was one man in the audience who looked really confused and I could not get away from his face. So yeah. I just started focusing on him, oh, no. trying to make him see that like your face is bothering yeah. me. <laughs> and the more I kept talking, the more his face like contorted and it started looking more confused and more angry and more disgusted. And so I started making eye contact with this man being like, please stop. Yeah. And he would not stop. Oh my God. Um, and it just, I got so in my head that everything was really rough and I just didn't know how to breathe while talking. Um, and I do this thing sometimes when like, 
when I get nervous and I public speak, like my body shakes. Yeah, you do lot. get the nervous like shakes. I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. It's really rough. Um, I think it's just like so much adrenaline in my body that I'm like, ah. Yeah, you're so excited. Yeah, yeah. excited or terrified, one of those two. Yeah. Um, but this year was really different. I, w- I was definitely nervous about it beforehand mm-hmm. um, and on very little sleep. And I think so little sleep that it actually helped to be Probably. like, I'm just tired, so I can't feel the nerves. <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right, screw it, let's go. Yeah, um, but I was just like, man, what if I have three minutes worth of content to talk about and then I'm done? And yeah. then for 27 minutes, I'm, what do I do? Totally. Um, and it, it did go really well. So That's I'm awesome. really happy about that. Yeah. How do you prep for big projects like that when you're mm. really stressed out and you're nervous? Is yeah. there like a routine that you do or do you just like throw yourself into it and don't sleep? Or? Yeah, I, I guess there's a couple things. Um, and I'm still learning how like it's been really helpful talking with friends and having them give me their advice too. And each friend has different advice. So totally. it's cool to like collect all those and test them out and see what works. Um, for me, definitely writing down the key points of what I want to do. So like, I think for this past one, I had like introduction, talk about who I am, talk about my gear, next line, um, Mm -hmm. talk about the concept that we're shooting today. So we were shooting, um, different colored lights. We're doing something with additive lighting. So you have your red, green, and blue lights mixing together to create white light and Mm -hmm. then creating these additive colors. So you have like magenta, cyan, yellow, um, And so explaining that concept and then from there talking about like Lynn's choice, talking about how to pose the model. So the first thing is just writing down everything, like the the headline essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I did is I went in and actually wrote down exactly what I was going to say. And of course it's not going to be like this, but it gave me a really good idea of what I wanted to get across. Um, And I just went through that a lot of times. Um, The morning of, while we were driving over, I was like in the Uber, just sitting there terrified being like I don't know how today's gonna go yeah but in 24 hours it's all gonna be it's over gonna be and if I fail it's over yeah <laughs> and so I turned on Beyonce oh, and yeah. and listened to her and she was really helpful um kind of got in like this mood of like yeah I can do this um <laughs> and then took a little bit of alone time right before the talk and then had really supportive friends that showed up and that was really key actually it's like I had um two of my my best friends Jeff and Brandy show up right before the talk and oh, I was like good. okay these are my comfort humans yeah when I get scared during the talk I'm just gonna look at them totally and it'll help and it totally did you know they were they were really great to have there oh, that's so good I'm so excited that you were able to do that this year man it's cool to know that like yeah. I do feel a huge surge in confidence just to be like I'm capable of doing this yeah that's cool because I didn't think I was capable before yeah um can you tell us about something else that you would struggle with like your day-to-day kind of life of balancing your career and your friends and everything yeah I think one of the biggest things for me right now is time management yeah it's really a struggle yeah um getting focused so one of the things I'm really bad at is procrastinating and (laughs) me too (laughs) yeah man it's frustrating and I really get on myself for that because I'm like if you just did your work your life would be so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of time to actually explore New York or hang out with friends because my days right now are just working all day. Mm-hmm. But it's not productive working, if that if that's the right way to phrase it. It's yeah. a lot of, like, sitting at my computer being like, great, in five minutes, I'm going to start work. And then, like, five minutes will go by. And I'm like, oh, no, now it's, like, 823 I better wait till nine o'clock yeah yeah <laughs> you know I'm, I'm so self-destructive in that sense of like I really do put up every kind of barrier to be like well I need to finish this before I can start my work um 
And of course I, I do finish all the work I need to do, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's not until the end of the day. And then I'm like, great. Yeah. There's that day. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working on getting better about that for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Do you struggle a lot with finding, um, the time to actually put into yourself now that you're I working? So, so yeah. Long? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I'm doing a lot of, um, community management work and it's been great to like mm-hmm. cover the bills, which is wonderful while I try to build my network here. And at the same time, like, you know, I need to focus on my work to, to be able to get to the point that I want to be at. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes it's like midnight and I'm like, man, I really want to sleep, but this is the only time that I get to focus on my own work. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely trying to find that balance of like, how do I do both? You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. That's really funny. Cause pretty much almost everyone I've talked to has listed time management as their top really number one thing that they struggle with. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It is kind of interesting. And it's like, Oh, are artists just procrastinators in yeah. general? Yeah, we've, <laughs> Something's wrong with our brains. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, a lot of us aren't very analytical, I guess. Yeah. We're more, using more of the creative side of your brain. So, and that's, I just want to be creative all day, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I totally get that. Yeah. It's sad that that's not not an option for, for most people really. Um, and I, I do appreciate so much the creativity that we do get. Um, but then there's also like the business side of thing, like Mm -hmm. taxes. I don't want to do taxes, (laughs) you know, like it's stuff like that, that is just really unfortunate to deal with. Totally. Do you ever like, um, outsource people to do the stuff that is hard for you to do? Yeah. So that's actually a big change that I've made recently. Um, so my background, I guess one of one of my parts of my background is as as a retoucher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I worked for Lulu's an e-commerce company as a retoucher for them, and have also done like freelance retouching. And it used to be something I really loved and mm-hmm. enjoyed, and it's just not anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know, like skin work is so tedious it's, and it just yeah. takes up so much time. And when I have a million other things on my plate, it gets really frustrating to do that. And so. When I was out in St. Louis working, um, I started uh, outsourcing my retouching for the first time Mm -hmm. and just fell in love with it and felt so spoiled. Um, So I do do that now. um, And I've had a few retouchers that are really fantastic. Um, Dennis Dunbar is one of my main retouchers and like one incredible human. I love him. So lovely, um, but also a really talented retoucher. And so he's been taking a lot of my work recently. Um, It's been really fun to work with him. I'm working with Pratik on a few projects coming up and I'm really excited for that because um, Pratik is also just it's such a such an amazing retoucher. I'm excited to see those. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I'm, I'm sending those over to him today. Oh, so awesome. I'm really excited for that. But yeah, yeah it's so it's so helpful because you can't do it all. You know, I think eventually you do need to start looking at the areas that you don't enjoy mm-hmm. that other people could do for you totally. um, and figuring out, is it worth the cost? And I think for me it is because if I can send those out um, and then focus on other things to build my business, that makes sense for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything you do to like help yourself deal with the stress in your life? Like, do you, do you like work out or do you yeah. have drink wine or <laughs> yeah, all of the above? Yeah, all of it, um, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, so, you know, growing up, um, I dealt with depression pretty badly, um, mm-hmm. especially through my teenage years. And in the past couple of years, I think that depression has gone away, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. But <laughs> it's been replaced with anxiety. Oh, yeah. And it's funny just because I didn't expect it. You know, like I I never, I guess I had anxiety before, but not to the level I do now. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's so frustrating. I think a lot of my procrastination is tied to anxiety as well. Um, 
just like feeling so anxious, like, oh man, I got to do this, but I can't do this right. Like, you know, yeah. it's a million thoughts in your head at once and it's, yeah. it's really stressful. And I think when I'm feeling really bad anxiety, I feel it in my heart, mm-hmm. like right in the center of my chest. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. So yeah. it has been helpful to learn how to deal with that. Working out has been huge for me. I yeah. think just in the past two years, um, you know, I've, I've always worked out like I was a hockey player as a figure skater, but I think I just discovered that like, this is this magic outlet that like you feel bad and then you work out and then you feel better, (laughs) you know? And it really has been helpful for me and I'm trying, it it can be hard to make time to work out too because Mm -hmm. I'm procrastinating so much. Um, but when I do make time for it, I really feel a difference. Um, and I just feel like I feel lighter, um, which is something with anxiety. Like oftentimes I just feel very heavy. Like my heart feels heavy. Mm -hmm. And so that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, personally I'm obviously not a doctor but for me like I obviously struggle with depression as well and I I don't have anxiety but I definitely feel anxious a lot about stuff that's going on in my life and it's kind of the same thing where like I was so depressed before that I think maybe I just didn't care okay and now that I care I start to get these like anxious feelings about like I'm not good enough or nothing's working out or like I don't have time to do these things that I want to do because I'm working. So, I mean, I think that personally, that's probably what do you do to deal with it? Um, I started taking dance classes. Oh, cool. Um, because like I used to do track and field in high school and I did like a couple of sports. I could play basketball for a little while, but I'm too competitive. So I can't do two sports. (laughs) (laughs) Like I literally kicked a basketball one time in a game because someone took it from me. That's amazing. (laughs) I would love to see that. Yeah. And I did speed swimming and stuff, but like those kind of cardio based workouts now that I have such an overactive brain and I'm always thinking about stuff is not good because unless I have something to distract myself, like maybe yeah. listening to a podcast or something, or maybe working out with someone, that's all I do is I just think and I yeah. think and I think and I think and I think and it's not good because yeah. <laughs> you just, you, you get into this vicious cycle of like just going over stuff in your head where if it's a dance class, you have to focus on your choreography and you have to focus on like the beat and stuff like yeah. that. So it's really, I just go in and I shut my brain off for an hour and then I come out and I feel a lot I, better. I actually totally understand that. I have noticed that like when I'm in the anxiety spiral yeah. and unfortunately like, you know, I, there's like the healthy version or the unhealthy version of dealing with it. And the healthy version is me being like, great. I'm going to go work out and I know that's going to help fix this feeling. And the unhealthy version is like, great. I really think just hiding under a blanket will solve all of this. And it does not, you know, it just gets worse and worse. I'm like hiding there feeling anxious about not doing the work that I need to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, So two very different methods, but I do notice like when I actually have to do something, like when I get up, I'm like, oh no, like I, you know, for example, I felt anxiety before photo shoots before when I was working for different publications. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I actually get out there, I'm like so focused on the job that I have to do. It just takes that anxiety away. Yeah. And so it's interesting to know. It's interesting to like kind of learn how you operate. Um, yes. That's been, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, is there something that you've learned about yourself in the last couple of years? Because you've made so many transitions just between like moving yeah. and like the, you know, doing all these crazy uh, photojournalist projects and all these yeah. um, you know, war torn countries and stuff. What is, is there something that you've kind of learned about yourself? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean so much. It's, it's really interesting to kind of self-reflect and look at who I am right now versus who I was a year ago, <laughs> two totally. years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I would say that I continue to change in, in really huge ways, which is cool. One thing is that I don't want to work at a desk job. You know, that was a really yeah. important thing to learn. Cause going back to when I was 19 and I had first moved to New York, 
I had this idea. I think I wanted to be a photo editor, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I don't think I understood what that meant. <laughs> and so it's been helpful to have a few, a few desk jobs throughout the years to be like, I hate this, you yeah. know? Um, I think I'm, I need to be creating. I need to be doing something. Um, even if I'm at home working at my desk, it's such a different feeling because I can like get up, I can move around. I'm in my own space. Um, yeah. There's something that I don't like about the corporate world at all. I, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, you know this, I, I work for a fashion company doing e-com and it's the same kind of thing where I hate feeling tied down and trapped to my desk. Um, and there's some days where it would just make more sense for me to be able to work at home or to not work, you know, in the morning or whatever, whatever other circumstance there is. And it just, it's really hard just feeling like you're trapped in this kind of like cubicle totally. and you're, you can only go so far with your creativity because then they, you know, it's not their brand anymore, which I get, but it's like, can I just please do something that's interesting? Yeah, no, all (laughs) of that. I think that's one of the reasons why I love working with Ellen Chrome right now is like mm-hmm. one, I get to do it remotely, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, two, I get to work with photographers that I love and adore. You know, three, like I, I am passionate about Ellen Chrome. Like all my lights are Ellen Chrome. It's, it's a, been a brand that's been close to me for years. Like my first modifier was um, an Ellen Chrome Rotolux 69 inch nice. when I was like 17 years yeah. old. And I was like, I can now create soft light. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, and I love the people that I work with, um, you know, so that helps a lot. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into some questions here. Um, what would you change or do differently if you could go back a couple years in your past? Hmm. That's a really good question. It's hard, you know, because I've thought about this a lot. And I mean, there's there's that same old answer of like, I wouldn't change anything because I where I am right now, I'm so incredibly happy. And everything is just like, it's lined up so well totally. that I'm like, I definitely made some gigantic mistakes along the way, but if I hadn't made those, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, ultimately nothing. I think at the time though, maybe I would have told you otherwise. Yeah. Um, You know, I think there were, there were a few moves that I made, a few jobs that I took that it it would have been a lot easier to not do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I guess one of the struggles that I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on as (laughs) well. Um, You know, I think a lot of, our friends are so obsessed with our work because yeah. we love it. Right. Like mm-hmm. our, it's not like the negative kind of work. It's work that is our passion and we're madly obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's really meant, um, having to choose your friendships and like where your time right. is spent. Yeah. And that's really hard. Cause you know, I, I love, I love people and I love connections and I have lost some friendships along the way, not because there was like a dramatic falling out or not because there was any falling out, mm-hmm. but just because if you don't, you know, nurture friendships, they kind of start to fade. Yeah. And I have seen a lot of friendships that I used to really have those people closer to me. Yeah. And because I really, because of photography, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my focus has changed and I, I don't get to nurture those friendships anymore. And, and that's sad, but it's also... It's, it is what it is. Yeah. So I, how do you deal with that? Um, it's hard because I feel really remote where I am. Like, I feel like I don't have a big community around me. Like the mm-hmm. next closest city that would have an industry would be Seattle or Portland. Yeah. So there, I do have a few friends there. Um, but it's really expensive to travel within Canada and even more outside of Canada for us. Cause the exchange rate is really crap right now and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just, sometimes I just feel really remote and like lost in like my Canadian landscape. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also why coming to these things is so important to me. But, um, 
I've also had like a lot of bad experiences with friends from high school and stuff too that mm. like they only wanted to hang out with me because I could provide them with something. Yeah. So I kind of have this mentality where I will put as much effort into the relationship um, as long as you're putting the same amount of effort back in. Yeah. And as soon as I feel that starting to like wane or like they 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 never you know return calls or texts or if they um, you know stop inviting me to places then I'm probably going to reciprocate because I just don't yeah. want to waste time and energy on it. Um, I know it's different with internet friends because we all have our own lives. We're all in different places, but yeah. I just kind of keep that in the back of my head. Like how much effort am I putting into this versus how much are you? And if yeah. it's not at least close, then I'm probably just going to stop trying. Yeah, I get that. And I do like, there's those friendships, um, like, you know, two of my best friends, David and Shyla, I I've been friends with them forever and they're now in Chico. Well, David actually just moved to Seattle yesterday, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, we're in different sides of the country now and we still talk pretty much like every couple of days. Um, but it's a lot harder now that there's a little bit of distance. Totally. And at the same time, I know that anytime I ever see them, like it's going to be like nothing has changed. So there's relationships where it's so solid that you don't have to keep applying that love because like they know the love is there and yeah. I know the love is there even if I'm not hearing from them every day yeah I do have a couple friends like that too um like my friend Catherine that's in Toronto it's like I I barely talk to her honestly we're just both so busy with stuff and we have pretty much different lives now but if I go to see her or if I'm in Toronto for a layover she'll come to the airport to see me and it's yeah. like literally like we've never been yeah apart. I think those yeah. friendships are really really special definitely uh what do you think has been the biggest risk you've taken so far in your career hmm I, yeah, let's see. <laughs> probably, probably moving to St. Louis just to, mm-hmm. to focus on another job um, and not focusing enough on my own work. You know, mm-hmm. I was working with incredible people out there, but that was a really hard challenge. Yeah. And it's just, it was kind of like a pivot. Like you, you were still kind of involved in photography, but we weren't really doing photography yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was really a challenge just to not focus on my own work. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest moment of your career so far? Mm, That's a good question. This podcast right here. Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The biggest moment, I guess, okay, I think I have one. I guess I have a couple. There's there's some moments where I feel like it's really shaped who I am Mm and my portfolio. And I think, you know, my trip to to Ghana to work with Free the Slaves was one of those. Um, I think that was a huge one for me. I have two projects coming up. Ooh. that I'm really excited about um, with a couple different brands that I really respect and I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about those yet. Okay. But Everyone follow her so you can see them when they come yeah. out. Yeah, they'll, they'll be coming out this year so I'm really excited about that. At least for one of the projects, I think I'm actually allowed to talk about this one. Well, no, I'm not. Okay, okay I'll, I'll keep fine. it vague but I will <laughs> say that um, something I have really wanted to do is dive into set design. Mm. So I think I'm at a point right now where for a while I was really self-conscious about my lighting and I was Mm -hmm. like, it was back when I wasn't doing studio lighting, which was about two years ago, you know, pretty much all my work was either natural or, or mixing strobe with ambient. Um, and so I just dove into the studio with like, you live here now until you can get your skills down. Um, and it's kind of cool cause now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually really happy with my lighting. Um, and that's a great feeling. Like it's such a relief, but I think I focused so much on the lighting that I wasn't focusing enough on my content. Mm. And so looking at a lot of my work from the past two years, I'm like, man, it's just like pretty girl on backdrop. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. Mm-hmm. So 
I do want to change that up. And I think the way that I can make that more creative is by adding in different elements to tell a story. And so set design is what I'm looking at right yeah, now. So, that's exciting. I'm excited to see um, what you come I'm up with. I'm really excited. I've never built a set before. So no. that's, um, we actually, in my apartment, if you look to your left, we have these long um, boards that yeah. will be used for the set. So ah. I'm excited to start building. Amazing. Okay. I know you have a meeting to get to later, but I do have just a couple quick more questions. Sure, well, sure. they might be quick. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, what would you say is the hardest part of your job? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I think it used to be retouching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just even convincing myself to start doing it. Totally. I guess it just comes back to procrastination, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because once you actually start doing it, it it really doesn't take that long. I mean, mm-hmm. an image can take anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour for me. Totally. Um, which isn't as long as I take procrastinating no. on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess probably procrastination is the hardest thing. All right, that's a good answer. Do you have any advice for someone starting out in photography right now? Yeah, just shoot, you know. I, it's so funny because I think a lot of photographers that are in their first few months but really passionate about becoming a photographer will come to me and be like, what do I need? Like, is it a flash? Is that what I need to become a better photographer? Is it a certain kind of lens? Like, do I need to be working with stylists? Mm-hmm. Um, and none of that. You know, I think in your first couple of years, you just need to shoot nonstop as much as you can, yeah. any opportunity. You know, you don't. I, unless you have a very specific look you're going for, just shoot with natural light. Like mm-hmm. natural light's great, you know? Yeah, totally. It's free. <laughs> yeah, it's free. That's the, that's the big thing is like when you're starting out, you probably don't have much of a budget for this. Right. Yeah. And so why not master something and then go on to the next thing? Like I've been shooting for seven years now and the first five years we're only shooting with natural light or primarily shooting with natural light. Um, you know, I, I think, just master one thing first and master the things that you have available before you go on to the next thing and find out what you like. I think trying different styles, getting really creative, knowing that it's okay to fail is really helpful to kind of identify what your personal style is. Yeah. Is there, um, anything that you wish more people knew about your job? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. I also don't prep all of my interviewees with questions beforehand, guys, which is why sometimes they're like, oh, oh, what? It's just that little <laughs> silence there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess um, this might answer your question. I might be taking it in a really different direction to Go avoid it. it. But, you know, on, on shoots, it can be really frustrating working with teams that you don't vibe with. Um, yeah. I think it's really... When you're working with people who are considerate of what you're doing, it's really helpful. So in the past, let's say I've worked with, let's stylists or makeup artists who, you know, aren't, aren't recognizing what I'm doing on a shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, and that we all have these jobs that, you know, can be difficult to do or fulfill. Um, and that patience is really important. So yeah, I, it kind of answers your question, I guess, just to like to have patience for, for everyone on a team. Yeah. Because sometimes things take longer than you expect them to as well, or just like retouching takes a while and sure. people kind of just expect for digital photography, especially to just be instantaneous. So yeah. there's what you said. And then also what I said, just yeah. be patient. <laughs> I will follow up. I, I guess going again, retouching. Like I think a lot of clients especially don't understand what goes into retouching. You know, yeah. I, I'm not, doing as much portrait work as I used to. Mm-hmm. So it used to be like portrait work was my bread and butter. Um, yeah. and especially with, with portrait clients, like instead of companies, um, 
you know, I, I think they kind of look at retouching as you can do anything in Photoshop, right? Mm-hmm. It, no matter the time. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had some ridiculous requests and it's just kind of educating your client on what's possible and what's not totally. for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Cool. Two more questions. Sure. Is there anything that you wish you knew when you first started out in this career? Yeah. Yeah. Lighting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I mean, what, what I was just saying about, um, advice that I could give to younger photographers, like I would be one of those younger photographers giving that advice too. Um, I think when I started, I was like, I need to be proficient with everything. Um, Unfortunately, like I didn't stress about it too much, but mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Awesome. Last question. If I slid across the table to you right now, $10 million, I'm going to make the sliding noise. Ready? I'm ready. I'm, I'm watching your hand it's right now. It's not making noise. Wait. That's a little bit. It's a little a bit. A tiny bit. <laughs> All right. If I gave you $10 million, would you still shoot? Would you do something different? Oh yeah. No, I mean, you know, anyone who goes into photography for the money, like yeah, maybe you should reconsider. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, there definitely is a great, great money within photography. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after you've been shooting for a while and you have, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I shoot because I, I love it. It's like what I thrive on. It's, it's what gives me purpose in life. So totally. Yeah. I would, definitely Definitely. be shooting but my shoots would be a lot cooler yeah hell yeah (laughs) maybe not so like corporate driven where you're like I need to sell my work you're just gonna make art for yourself man I mean how how great would that be to just create what you want to create dream goal yeah totally yeah Yeah. we're done man that's cool did you have a good time (laughs) yeah this is great I'm excited I love that I'm just sitting in your kitchen counter table right now it's nice to have you in here yeah yeah you're gonna be up on that wall soon I keep looking at this Polaroid wall behind you being like Ella's face is gonna be there I'm so excited I've got a lot of my favorite people on that wall Ah! all right we gotta get you to your meeting so let's cut this out and we'll take a Polaroid photo and then I'll get out of your apartment and out of your hair (laughs) thanks Ella thanks so much for being on this girl thanks bye